Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, there's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's dr W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E dot com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, I am giving away randomly signed books of your choice. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well. No matter when you listen to this episode, my team and I will be going through the reviews on Apple Podcasts and randomly picking a winner. You can leave your Instagram handle in your Apple Podcast review, or you can message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole, screenshot your review and tell me there. Regardless, you'll be entered to win free signed books. All right, let's get to today's guest. She is a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Elizabeth Stein. She is the founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. Over 15 years ago, while studying holistic nutrition, Elizabeth learned about the powerful effect that nutritious food has on the body. But when she looked at grocery store shelves, the options were limited for nourishing foods that people would actually enjoy. So she set out to create products that didn't have a trade-off between nutritious ingredients and culinary taste to help people thrive on their wellness journey. You are going to learn so much from Elizabeth today. Stay tuned to the entire conversation because at the end, I'll answer another one of your burning health questions and then ask me anything. All right, this is Elizabeth Stein's Art of Being Well. Elizabeth, my friend, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's so good to see you. Nice to see you too. I, the world, I say this because basically I just have my friends on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's like every week's just like a friend that I know. And I say the same thing so often because so many of us that would see each other throughout the year at different events, it's like, oh my gosh, it's been not a thing the past few years. It's been weird for, on so many levels, but not seeing you is weird. Absolutely. We need a mind-body group revitalized this weekend. <laughs> yes, that's right. Jason and Colleen, if you're listening. <laughs> and we were at Ingoop Health. Yeah, we, we hung out yeah. there before, like all the cool things that we get, hopefully soon. Hopefully yes, it'll for sure. turn around. So I'd like to kick it off with just for everybody to know, and for me even, I don't really know the, the ins and outs of it. What, how did you get into the wellness space? How did you get into the healthy food space? Yeah. So my journey started, I officially launched, launched Purely Elizabeth in 2009. But prior to that, I would say, you know, if I go back thinking about my childhood and college, like college, I went to Boston University and I was partying and doing all the things that people do in college. But I was also 
and probably starting sophomore year, going to Baptiste yoga and driving like 30 minutes to do my yoga routine. So I think at an early age, I had really started to connect with particularly yoga and I was, you know, eating pretty healthily and just really felt this other side of me that, you know, from a spirituality standpoint and all those things. So cut to, I moved to New York and I am working for a handbag company and I meet my boyfriend at the time who was a big triathlete and marathoner. And he convinced me to do a marathon. And I always joke that like in high school, I was the person in lacrosse practice who would hide in the woods when we had to go run like the three mile loop. So I was always athletic, but I did not like to run. And really what he convinced me is that it was so much more than just the physical, but the mental side of it. And I think I had learned through yoga, that mental peace and the mind body connection. And so I just started becoming like enamored with training and started doing marathons and triathlons and that whole mind-body connection. And all of a sudden I was running like 26 miles somehow. Wow. Yeah. And got up to doing half Ironmans, which in retrospect is like crazy. I did not know that about you. That's crazy. Yeah. What, what years were they? Are you, are you still doing that no, level of training? This was probably 2006 to till okay. the business like took off till 2009. And I joke because I moved to Boulder, which is like the Mecca for triathlon. And I've never once taken out my bike. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy for that yeah. level of training. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and when you, when you said Baptiste yoga, right? Is that, yeah. is that, is that, is that Baron Baptiste? Yeah. yeah. I met him at a healthy event once. Super cool dude. Like, I don't know anything. I just know him as him. Like I met him and talked with him and he was cool, but I knew he did yoga, but he's a big deal in the yoga space, right? He is. And at the time, the class, he was teaching the classes. Like it wasn't one of his, you know, offshoots. Yeah. So it was a hot power vinyasa type of yoga. And, you know, it was, 60 people one inch apart from each other in the room and like nothing like that felt so good and amazing, that energy. Very cool. So then where did Purely Elizabeth come about after this time in your life? So as I started getting into this world of marathon and triathlon and started thinking more about my diet and how that affected performance, I really just started thinking about my career path and I wasn't really happy at work. And I wanted to find something that was more aligned with this new passion. And that was when I Googled something and I stumbled upon the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And this mm -hmm. is back in 2007 is when I did their program. And read their, you know, a couple lines of the program, signed up immediately, and I did their program in 2007. And it was really in that program that I started learning about food as medicine and hearing Dr. Hyman speak. And that was the first time that I heard about, you know, what gluten does in the body and inflammation and all of that. And, you know, they were just, it was so ahead of their time in 2007 to be having that conversation. Yeah. And so, you know, somewhere in the back of my mind, as I started to work with clients was thinking, God, there's nothing healthy in the gluten-free market at the time. Like everything was loaded with sugars and refined flours. And so I just got in my kitchen and was starting messing around. And I think subconsciously thought, hey, a product would be amazing, but didn't, you know, put the steps out there to launch a product. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I had gone to a triathlon in Westchester County to participate in the race. But I also had a booth the day before the race when everyone is coming, picking up their race numbers. So I thought like, oh, this is a captive audience, great place to get a client. Well, it was 2008 and talking about holistic health wasn't like the sexiest thing to, to do. And so the night before I was like, you know what? I need some food to entice people to chat with me. So I made this batch of blueberry muffins and sure enough, nobody cared about signing up for my one-on-one -on -one sessions. Everybody <laughs> just wanted to know where they could buy these delicious blueberry muffins. And, you know, I certainly wasn't there to sell them, but one person after person said the same thing, the light bulb went off 
And I immediately switched what I was selling. And I told people, you know, when you sign up for my nutrition newsletter, I'll let you know when the products will be available. And that was kind of how it started. And then a year later, so this is October of 2009, I went back and during that year, you know, had kind of put it on the back burner for a bit. And then, you know, a couple months before decided, you know what, I have this captive audience. Let me put together some mixes to sell. And this might just be like a side hustle and went to the race, sold out at the race. And then a friend of mine had posted my website on Facebook and someone she knew worked for Daily Candy, which back in this time was like the source for all the latest trends, products, et cetera. And they featured us in their email blast. And I had $10,000 of orders in three hours. And that was how it started. Wow, that is such a cool story. It all started with that blueberry muffin. Totally. What was in the Which blueberry muffin? Which I almost muffin? made a kale salad. And then my <laughs> mom and I were like, I don't know that anyone cares about kale in 2008. <laughs> That's so hysterical. So, so blueberry, it could have gone completely different if you decided that kale salad. Totally. I would never be <laughs> sitting here today. <laughs> wow. Man, I have to say, one of the most overlooked yet simple things when it comes to people's health that I see all the time with patients, it's electrolyte balance. Electrolytes are very important. If you're struggling with fatigue, brain fog, hangriness, definitely want to make sure that you're optimizing electrolyte balance. The problem is most electrolyte drinks or mixtures out there have a lot of junk that I would never recommend. The way that I support my electrolyte balance, Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no fillers, no BS. Electrolytes are needed for hundreds of different pathways in the body, including nerve conduction, hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. Right now, Element is offering the Art of Being Well listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packets free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all their eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend because we all have at least one of those. (laughs) Get yours at drinkelement.com slash willcole. This deal is only available through this link, everybody. You must go to D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash Will Cole. Drinkelement.com slash Will Cole and get that free sample back. Looking for a nutritious and delicious snack? I mean, we all are at one point in our life, right? (laughs) Well, look no further than Perfect Bar, man. I have loved Perfect Bar for years with their lineup of fresh from the fridge protein bars. Perfect Bar is exactly what you and your family need It's made with freshly ground peanut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars and little snack size bars too that are all so good and good for you. You are sure to find something you love. My favorite is without the classic peanut butter, of course. It's so freaking good. It's absolutely delicious and has become and has been my go-to snack for many years. Their protein bars have a cookie dough-like texture that's creamy and full of flavor. Because they're made with only whole food ingredients and contain no artificial preservatives, Perfect Bar is stored in the fridge. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try the refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. Pretty cool, right? All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash Will Cole to get a free Perfect Bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash Will Cole to get a free Perfect Bar today. Happy snacking. Let's talk about fiber as a whole, why it's important, why people should look at clean sources of protein and fiber specifically. So what's the deal with fiber? Let's start there. 
Well, I think starting with fiber is I think about going back to IAN in 2007 and the talk of our gut microbiome then. In retrospect, nobody really knew anything. But as I always thought about how I wanted to formulate products, it was like, there's trends. I don't want to be part of the trends. I want to be thinking about what is like true nutrition that someone can't argue like, no, it's vegan. No, it's this. No, it's that. And so one of our first products was actually a probiotic granola back in 2014. And it was like, okay, I knew that the gut was an important thing. And how could we do that? Certainly we weren't making like sauerkraut or kimchi, but all of a sudden there were probiotics that were available that could be put into foods and survive the baking process, et cetera. And now I think as we continue to learn more about the gut, you know, one of the most important thing is feeding it with prebiotics, fiber. So as we think about our our newest products, that is now where we're like, okay, how can we add fiber? Fiber is one of the most important things we can be adding to our diet. And we are all chronically low, most likely in fiber. And getting that from a variety of sources of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, but really one of the most important things. And as we were talking about right before we started recording, I just got a levels. And so now it's really interesting to see, you know, by adding fiber into those meals, how important that is for your glucose levels to not spike. Yeah, without a doubt. So people to understand this, and I think it's easy to, especially if you're quote unquote, looking at your macros or looking at carbs and somehow reducing and making broad sweeping assumptions about carbohydrates as all the same. And fiber by its very definition is a type of carbohydrate, but it behaves completely different. And to your point, through many mechanisms, but one of it is is called intestinal gluconeogenesis. And that's different than hepatic gluconeogenesis, which just Basically, your body making new sugar and and the liver dumping more glucose into the bloodstream, but fiber buffers a lot of that. It not only makes you more satiated, but it helps to balance blood sugar and buffer that tremendously. So for people that are maybe newer to this tech or wearable levels, it's a continuous uh, glucose monitor. How, How long have you been wearing it? It's just been like four days. So I'm very new (laughs) on it, but I'm like obsessed. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So what are you seeing so far? What what is some of the CGM data that you're looking into? Well, I think one of the most interesting things so far is the kind of biohack of taking a walk immediately after a meal. I've realized that during the day I'm busy. I'm like eating at my desk and not getting up for a walk. And that, you know, if I had that same meal at night and then immediately go for a 10 minute walk around the walk, there's very little impact on my blood sugar levels. Interesting. And for people to realize too, I mean, the fiber, as you mentioned, it's good for your microbiome. And why it's so good for your microbiome is it's it's food for the microbiome and your microbiome ferments these fibers and make what are called short chain fatty acids, which are prod- basically important for your immune system, important for so many different things in the body. One of them is butyrate. So like, let's talk about uh, blood sugar and the gut specifically. What are your favorite sources of fiber? If you had to pick, like in your life, what, what's your go-to's? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say certainly having a variety of fiber, and that's definitely something that personally I'm trying to incorporate a greater variety because I feel like in general we get so stuck on having like the same mono diet. <laughs> And so really trying to have a variety as I think about it in our products, you know, we are using a chicory root powder and then using flax and chia as well as those fiber sources. But really, I I think having it like that multidimensional, so we're not just relying on one fiber source. That's super smart. And the more diverse your fiber sources are, and you're giving, getting a food like yours that has all this just inherently in it, that is good, diverse food for your microbiome. Let's talk specifically about some people that are um, keto or lower carb or paleo. You all have 
really innovated the space with options for those of us who eat that way. Like what, what are the ingredients differences and options that we have there versus the other options? Yeah. So we do have several, I think it's six now, grain-free keto granolas. And really what makes our options, I, I would say different than some others on the market is that we're just sweetening it with coconut sugar. So to me, and I would love to hear your opinion. I feel like the jury's still out on some of these other newer sugars. And so as we've developed the products, actually these first launched in 2014, just as grain-free, like keto wasn't even a thing. So it was really mm -hmm. just, hey, let's put lower sugar, lower amount of coconut sugar. And then we use a mix of seeds and nuts, pumpkin seeds, chia, flax, sunflower, and coconut oil is really the mixture that we have. But it, they're about four grams of sugar. And so lower in carbs and not using those other types mm -hmm. of sweeteners like a monk fruit or an allulose, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that those sugars, like the, you were talking the, the more natural, lower carb sweeteners, it definitely could, for some people, it kind of irritates their stomach. Too much of it can be problematic for their gut the digestive system wise. I find that the taste is really what turns a lot of people off too. It has yeah. this sort of aftertaste that people don't like. I find that monk fruit tends to be the better liked, I guess, by most people. But yeah, I think it's a good point of just not, just because it's something's natural, just be something low carb doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for you. But I love the fact that you're using coconut sugar and it's not, you don't need a lot of it. Like you said, four grams of sugar. This is very small amount that people can have this really good fiber rich source of food in their life that's not super sweet and they can really enjoy it with no worry that's going to impact their blood sugar negatively. Yeah. Or their digestion to that point yeah, of. Or their digestion. Yeah. And it's probably hard to pick. Like, do you have a favorite flavor out of the ones that you've have out so far? It's so hard. Everyone always says like, it's like picking your favorite child as far yeah. as your products. I don't know. I, I would say Honestly, maybe our cranberry pecan, which is like an old 2009 or 2011 skew, but it's kind of just like that classic granola flavor. Love it. Love it. And you changed my life with the cauliflower oatmeal. Like, the, is that, is that, can you get everybody get, still get that? No, in the world? unfortunately we discontinued it because there weren't oh. enough people like you, Dr. Will Cole, who liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, that honestly was one of my like proudest product innovations, but it d definitely did not have the mass appeal that we needed to keep that product going. I didn't know that because I've had it recently, but I used to carry it when I would travel and I haven't traveled in a while. I used to keep it in my bags everywhere I went because it was something you could travel. My vote is to bring back the cauliflower oatmeal. <laughs> well, if not that, I think we do need to have an alternative oatmeal option that is a grain-free, lower-carb solution. Do you have that in the pipeline? Is it's it... in my head for sure. Okay. All right. So All right. I'm taking any ideas. All right. We'll talk offline. Way. We'll, we'll do a, a version two of this, but yeah, the world needs it. But I see the same thing, actually. I wonder, I, I almost feel like because you're such at the cutting edge and you're trying to bring out good things and maybe the market isn't ready for it yet. Cause I even look at, I think of Chipotle and Melissa Urban, mutual yeah. friend of ours too. Like she really pushed them to come out with the cauliflower rice, the rice cauliflower. And I don't think that Chipotle is carrying it in many of their locations now either. And it's, um, what do you think that is? Just the world's not uh, educated enough about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, it's been honestly really hard from a product innovation standpoint over the years, because I do think many of the times we've been really ahead of the curve and you know, we had that product and we had a bar with mushrooms and it was really, this is probably four or five years ago. And so sometimes you're just too early to the market and you can only 
spend X amount over the years to be able to support it and really make it a, a business right. case to keep that product in market. And so it is definitely a fine line between, you know, not wanting to come to the market with a copycat me too product and being first to market and then being there too early. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, when you come out with a product that was as amazing as that and you 99% of the things you put out in the world is a huge success. And then you get the one that's like, okay, we're doing something really good here and get, get on board people, but it's not there. Do you, are you disappointed by that? Or is that just part of the journey and it doesn't phase you? No, it's definitely disappointing. <laughs> it's definitely disappointing. Yeah. I think, you know, when you feel so passionate about something, and especially in the case of like the cauliflower, where you're really providing a solution for somebody looking for a grain-free breakfast alternative. And you think it's this great idea. And, you know, it's a hard decision to say, you know, what can stay and what can go. I'm definitely getting better at just saying no and then departing from it, but it's it's Mm -hmm. never easy. Do you have any advice for people? I mean, founders there, entrepreneurs or business people that when they are disappointed by something that doesn't catch on, like you think is any, any words of wisdom? I think just taking the personal connection out of it and just really looking at it from a business sense and looking at the numbers to say, this does not make sense, right? So if it's not selling and it's costing a lot of money to invest in promoting that product, you know, really the practical look at it versus the personal love Mm -hmm. for the item. Yeah. Like you used the the child analogy. It is almost like no one likes my kid. (laughs) You know, it's like... But they're great. Yeah. (laughs) I've been using Levels for a long time, not only personally, but in countless of patients over the years. It's been a game changer for me and with my patients in understanding how our food affects our health. We're all different. Levels helps you see how food affects your health by giving you real-time feedback on your diet using a continuous glucose monitor. Poor glucose control is associated with a number of chronic conditions, not just diabetes, but Alzheimer's, stroke, and more. It also affects your day-to-day energy levels, ability to control weight, and even sexual function. I started tracking my glucose in order to learn more about what I should and shouldn't be eating. That's the art of what I do in functional medicine, bio-individuality, based on my own physiology. After using Levels, Here are the biggest changes I've made. I realized that when I had fruit that had low amounts of fiber, I should have the fruit after I had some healthy fats and clean protein and non-starchy vegetables. And then I would have something like, let's say grapes later on. So the fiber from my main meal and the healthy fats and the clean protein buffered any glucose spiked. So my blood sugar could be balanced. I could have optimal energy throughout the day without any sugar crash. If you want to better understand how food affects your health and try a continuous glucose monitor yourself, go to levels.link slash to learn more. They also have a really well-researched in-depth blog that I recommend checking out if you're just looking to learn more about topics like metabolic health, longevity, and nutrition. Again, that's levels.link slash levels.link slash Will Cole. Have you heard of Green Chef? Man, you have to check this out. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. You can choose from all 24 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different preferences. For example, you can order vegan one day and keto the next. You can customize your meals with USDA certified organic ground beef, USDA certified organic chicken, and wild caught sockeye salmon. These are time-saving recipes packed with fresh produce and vibrant flavors, giving you more opportunities to get outside and make the most of sunny days before summer's end. I have loved Green Chef for a long time. I use it personally. I also recommend it to my patients. 
So here's what you have to do. Go to greenchef.com slash willcole135 and use code willcole135 to get $135 off across five boxes. And your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash willcole135. Use code willcole135 to get this amazing deal. And your first box ships free. Speaking of food and businesses and being a founder at this time in history, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. And I want to hear, I want you to, to teach me about this and give people an insider look on what the world's looking like right now as far as supply chain and food sourcing. What are you seeing on your end of things? Yeah. So it is certainly unprecedented times right now. You know, for us, oats are certainly one of our biggest ingredient volumes. And yeah. oats this past year, this the crop comes out in October timeframe and we get our oats from Canada. They had a horrible drought in Canada and therefore had 40% less oats in the oat supply, which wow. is massive. And because of this massive shift in the actual quantity of oats that resulted in about a 70% increase in the cost of oats. So as we think about that one ingredient in our product and what that does, you know, when you're seeing all the news or you're seeing it on the grocery shelf of price increases, you know, it's real. It's a real thing that's happening. This is one ingredient example, but for us, you know, we've had to, we just took our second price increase, which is certainly not something that we want to do, but that second price increase isn't even covering our cost of what that increased is. So, you know, we're seeing that is one ingredient, but then many of our ingredients we get abroad, like our coconut sugar comes from Indonesia, as well as our coconut oil. And from a freight perspective, you know, all of those ingredients come on a massive ship in containers and what would have cost us, call it $5,000 to get a container from Indonesia to the U.S. is now costing $20,000. So it's just these massive shifts. And part of it is certainly drought in the case of what we're seeing in our oats. And then part of it is a combination of demand and the increase oil prices, et cetera. So there is some hope. It's sounding like from a freight perspective that we're going to start to see that come down, but we don't know, you know, certainly we we get our prices really at the fall timeframe for the year ahead and we'll have a better idea at that point. Wow. Yeah. That was kind of my my follow-up thought is you think you see, obviously time will tell. We don't really know for sure, but that things could be trending in the right direction, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) You know, it is really interesting because it makes you think about future innovation and not necessarily being so reliant on single ingredients, right? So if, you know, we, at the beginning, when we found out about oats, as an example, we were just worried we wouldn't even be able to purchase enough, right? Forget about the price. We're like, we'll pay anything. We don't, we just want to have product on the shelf. And so it does make you think about, hey, do you diversify ingredients more? Because God forbid, you know, this happens again, or it happens in an even worse way. Like look at what's happening with wheat, et cetera, or sunflower oil. Being so reliant on some key ingredients is definitely a risky Mm. endeavor. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is it's for your specific, which is probably a combination for everybody in the food industry, but it's a combination of environmental drought, situational things, oil prices, geopolitical. I mean, did the situation in Ukraine and Russia, did that impact you at all? Did it impact the industry specifically for you? We weren't impacted directly as in like we don't use wheat or sunflower oil, et cetera. But I think it just further exaggerated the supply chain like woes, really. But I do think that the climate piece is real and is not going away. Like certainly we we hope that oats don't have another horrible crop year. But when you read a lot of this information about what's happening from a heat intensity drought, like it, it, 
that doesn't seem like it's going away and it's only getting worse. And so how, how do we think about solving for those solutions? Yeah. hundred percent. I had Heather white on the show. People should go back and listen to that episode about eco-anxiety and just practical. She's an initiative and a book called one grain thing for people to do simple things, but it has to be a collective thing. You talk to some of these people, Dr. Zach Bush, friend of mine, he, it's pretty sobering. To, yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to get Debbie Downer <laughs> right now. It's sobering. Listen to these episodes because it's pretty insane, but it's important. I'm glad that we're shedding light on it because it's, people think it's some sort of abstract thing or this thing that doesn't impact them. This is our food. This right. is our, the air we breathe. This is the water we drink. This is the food that we eat. And um, that it's happening now. I mean, yeah, it it's not felt some future like this future thing. thing. And it's like, actually, yeah. no, this is happening now. And we're seeing it, the impact on the grocery shelves today. Yeah. Wow. So, and I also wanted to pivot a little bit and talk, since we were talking about oats and purely Elizabeth is certified gluten-free too. Can we clarify that? Because that's a common question that I get from patients is that, they hear this sort of conflicting information about oats and they see some are gluten-free, some aren't. What is the deal with oats if you're gluten-free? So oats are, and you could back me up to make sure that yes, this I is will. right, I will. but oats are inherently gluten-free. And I think that there's a small like percentage of people who even can't have gluten-free oats, but inherently oats are gluten-free. The problem is in the field that they're often cross contaminated, whether that be drifting from, you know, right next door, they're growing wheat or in the facility, they're cross contaminating equipment with wheat or some other ingredient like that. So we make sure that we're sourcing our oats from fields that are entirely gluten-free, meaning that there is no cross contamination in the air or in the facility. And that same thing goes with glyphosate because it's, I think, kind of part of that same conversation where again, and it's a lot of times the, the wheat field, right? Where they're spraying glyphosate. And so there can be drift from the glyphosate. We test our oats to have, you know, under, and I can't remember what the, but it's like less than basically zero. Negligible amounts. amounts, yeah. Negligible amounts. And I think a lot of that is much easier when it's an organic gluten-free oat because inherently those practices aren't around the field to begin with versus having mm. a conventional gluten-free oat where they might have fields around there that are utilizing glyphosate. Yeah, well said. I, I completely, everything you said I, I, from a functional medicine side of things, it, it is typically cross-contamination. It's not the oat itself. It is cross-contaminated in facilities and in the fields. So Many it, people who still can't have gluten-free oats? No. If somebody has, if someone doesn't have a problem with grains, well, let me just say this. Oats are the one of the most well-tolerated grains, along with rice, in my opinion, that I've seen with patients. So even if somebody does have a problem with most grains, the most tolerated ones I've seen are certified gluten-free oats and rice specifically. Yeah, so I, I don't see it as a problem. And if someone has a gluten problem, as long as it's cert certified gluten-free, it shouldn't be a problem with, with it. There are some people that have cross-reactivity where it's they have a problem with gluten and their, their immune system is so hypervigilant and hyperreactive that it's cross-reacting to lots of different things, not just gluten-free grains, but it's also reacting to eggs. It can react to dairy. It can react to lots of things. So it's the, those are not a majority of cases. That's a smaller group of people. But look, that's where your paleo and keto options really come into play. Is that, sure. Okay, then focus on these other grain-free things. So before we jump into your art of being well, which I'll, I'll explain what that is in a second, what what are some, like, give us some sneak peeks, like what's in the pipeline for, for Purely Elizabeth? Well, we just finished our couple days of three-year planning. So we have like a lot of fun things to think about in the pipeline, but I can't share all those. <laughs> but okay. immediately we have a pretty big launch happening in August. So we will be launching into ready to eat cereal. 
Wow, that's exciting. Super exciting. I, I need to try this. I love cereal. So what's what are we talking about? What does it look like? What are the flavors? Yeah, so it's something, of course, you know, it's adjacent to granola. It's a category that has just been filled with so much refined flour, sugar, crap. And really feel like we have an opportunity to bring a better for you, really more mainstream cereal to the market. So not making it, you know, a keto focus, but it's a super flake and cluster cereal that has vitamin D in it. Nice. So it's an algae-based vitamin D, algae-based vitamin D3, I should clarify. And then a flake that's made of sorghum, quinoa, Chia, coconut sugar. It's just delicious. It's so good. Can't, can't wait to try it. So two so flavors, a vanilla blueberry almond and then a honey peanut butter. Honey peanut butter? <laughs> That's my love language. One of my favorite purely Elizabeth's is the peanut butter granola. The, I think it's chocolate peanut butter. Well, then you're going to love this one. But honey peanut butter sounds even better. <laughs> like I, I'll, here's the truth. I tolerate chocolate. If it's a vehicle to peanut butter, but if you get a honey peanut butter, I think it's, I know I'm in the minority. Most people love, love, love chocolate. But for me, it's like, I'm a peanut butter purist in many ways. Me too. And you know what? I don't like chocolate. <laughs> See, hey, we're freaks. We're in the minority, but totally. yeah, but for sure. That's so exciting. Where can they get the cereal? Where, where is it at? So it will be available in Whole Foods nationwide. So cool. Very cool. All right, my friend, let's pivot to, this is Elizabeth Stein's Art of Being Well. I'm going to pick your brain on different things within wellness. Are you up for this I'm up for challenge? it. Okay. What's a healthy food that you know it's healthy, but it's like the worst tasting healthy food that you only eat because it's good for you? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you don't have one. Maybe you only eat things that you love that are good for you. I would say that I really only eat things that I love that are good for me. I don't know that there's anything that I like swallow because I know that it's good. Maybe the one thing would be like a Vega smoothie that I've now been drinking for 15 years that I've just grown to love. But Probably if you had it the first time, you might not love it. Like kind of earthy taste. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot of stuff in it. So I'm imagining <laughs> someone who's new to trying it might not love the taste. I think that's a good point right there is that it can take some time, especially if somebody's used to having lots of sugar, really highly refined stuff, that it can take time to try something that's maybe earthier, have more herbs and plant foods in it. How long did it take you to sort of grow to appreciate that? Yeah. And now I love it. Now I like wake up craving the smoothie, which it probably took maybe like a month to consistently, you know, I was having it maybe three times a week. This was in my triathlon training. So this was like right. way back in the day with Vega. So you're dedicated to this yeah, smoothie. I am. Well, so what's all in the smoothie? People probably are wanting to know like what's what's in this magic morning smoothie. You know, I've been drinking it for so long that now I kind of forget, but it's they're all in one. And I think, and don't quote me if I'm wrong, but it's 50% of your daily vitamins, minerals. So it's in combination of greens, plant-based protein, probiotics. It has a lot of fiber. I want to say they've now added mushrooms into it too. So it's kind of a protein, fiber, low-carb, probiotic, mushroom blend. Love it. All right. So here, kind of along the same lines, and I'm curious to see, like, is there a healthy food that tastes horrible that you just won't eat? Like you just, because you're focusing on things that you love that are also good for you, which is great. But is there something that you know is good for you that you just can't bring yourself to having? Sardines, mackerel. <laughs> I really want to get into that. High in omega-3s, they're supposed to be, you know, just a great quick source of protein omega-3s, yeah. but not on my list. You know what? We're so much alike. 
I have the same way. Like I recommend it to patients. I'm very honest to patients too. Like I'm like, yep, don't have this, don't have this, but it's good for you. I'll give you the science around it and I should do it. And I try to find better, you know, next best things. But your sardines or something about opening that can up and just seeing those. No, no appeal. No, <laughs> no appeal. <laughs> but you know what? I bet I've only heard good things from people who eat them. So unlike do you liver, know, do you know what the trade off would be? Like instead of taking a daily omega three, could you have one sardine or like what is that? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I could I, grow I, to have the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd probably a serving size would be probably around there. But look, the this is what I always try to educate people, uh, patients on too, is that that sardine, that anchovy, whatever these small you know, fish that you're having they are so much more than just an omega-3. You're getting the protein, you're getting the cofactors, you're getting lots of, of vitamins and minerals that you cannot encapsulate fully in, in a capsule. So I'm, I'm preaching to both of us. Maybe this should right be now. our, maybe we could have a joint challenge <laughs> for each other. Yeah, sardine a day. Yeah, <laughs> a can of sardines a day. All right, next, next question. What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changer for you personally? Well, two kind of newer supplements that I haven't always taken. So I just started to take the bio-optimizer magnesium. Oh, they're sponsors on the podcast, actually. They're, they're great. I've never slept so well in my life. Well, they will love to hear that. that I mean, it is I'm love. just like out cold. And I'm a fairly good sleeper to begin with, but it, I think, really has taken my sleep to the next level. And then I started taking Nutrafol hair supplements about two months ago. And I've just noticed my hair isn't growing as much or as thick as it was. And it feels like I'm seeing results already. That's awesome. I was on a panel once with the founder of Nutrafol and he had the best long hair. So he was a walking <laughs> billboard for Nutrafol. Well, that's what you want. You definitely don't want him to be bald. No, bald. <laughs> exactly. You're like a dentist with horrible teeth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. What's an overrated supplement in your opinion? That might be great. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, but for you personally, it's like, oh, what's all the, the fuss about? This is maybe a weird answer, but I would say maybe a multivitamin. Okay. Do you prefer, because you're getting it more from whole food sources like that morning smoothie in a Right. Way. Exactly. Yeah. And it feels like it's just not that much like in the multivitamin either. You know, if you need D, then you're going to take like the 5,000 milligrams of D or whatever it is that. Yeah, I no, know. I agree. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's best to use your meals as multivitamins. And then, like you said, fill in the gap therapeutically like with a vitamin D or a zinc or whatever you need in certain cases. Good point. What What is your opinion on this? Do you feel like we're better or worse off with social media? I have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, if it's, com maybe it's um, complicated, it's like a I think it's on. complicated. I would yeah. say that I do think that there's a lot of benefits. I think that it's brought our world closer, seeing people in your life, like each other that we wouldn't, you know, yeah. see each other. And so I do think that there's a lot of benefits. I think even from an inspiration standpoint, you know, I find, you know, some of our products that I have thought of as like looking at trends in Australia, what was happening in cafes there. So it's like bringing that world to be much mm -hmm. smaller and drawing inspiration. And I think there's certainly all the negative things, but to me, the best part is, is the positive side of it. And I think really knowing what your own boundaries are with social media. And like, as soon as you mm -hmm. start, Hey, I've been scrolling for 20 minutes or a half an hour, an hour, like, realizing, hey, mm -hmm. I need to catch myself and do something that may, might make me feel better. Or maybe it is mm -hmm. making you feel good. I don't know. But yeah. for me, you know, it's after probably 20 minutes of time that I'm like, this is a waste. Now a waste of time. 20 minutes, good. After that, not so much. Yeah. Hey, I think that's very wise and nuanced. And I agree. I agree with you. What's the weirdest thing that you're willing to admit on a podcast that you've done for your wellness? The weirdest thing that I've done for my wellness. And I, I guess I don't think that any relative. of them are weird. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. 
it's relative for us weirdos and right. <laughs> but maybe the average person that's listening to this that's not as immersed in wellness anything some people say they'll say enemas i love en- getting an enema <laughs> well there we go <laughs> That, that'll that's be maybe weird, the probably. weirdest thing, and that's probably the thing that I think has felt like amazing. So, so what what type of enema are we talking about? Is <laughs> coffee enemas? There's so traditional- I I have gone a couple of times. I've been grateful enough to go to Surya Spa in Santa Monica. I don't know if you've been. I've not been, but I'm uh, familiar with it. It's amazing. So it's an Ayurvedic practice. And Marta, the owner, is incredible. And she does a pulse reading to see what your body needs and how it needs to be brought back into balance. And this was the coolest thing. The first time I ever went, she said, she read my pulse and she's like, you have a problem with your tooth, right? I said, no, like not that I'm aware of. And I went home from that trip, went to my dentist, and I needed a root canal. And I had no idea. I had no symptoms, but she felt that in my pulse. So anyway, she really does that. And then every day you're there. So I did, you know, a three-day program there and she gives you a different enema based on what you need. So one has been a coffee or she puts in a bunch of different herbs and oils based on your- Very cool. Yeah. I need to go to this place. It's incredible. I've never felt so good in my life. Very cool. Do you know- what Myers Briggs or Enneagram type you are? I don't. You need I to should, find this out. I should find out. <laughs> I have a feeling we could be very similar. What are you? Um, I, I I'm an INFP. Is it the INFP? I, I it's INFJ or whatever the other one is. I, I go back and forth on that between judging and I forget the last letter. All the Myers Briggs super fans are going to be yelling at me right now. <laughs> But it's like judging or, I don't know, I forget what it is, perceiving. I think that's what it is. It's judging or perceiving. So I, I go back and forth depending on the assessment. And I'm an Enneagram 5 wing 4, which is like researcher. That would it's, probably yeah. be me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Constant take, learning. Yeah. Like voracious learning. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, take the test afterwards and yeah. report back. Okay. Report back. Yeah. <laughs> Do, what's your, if you do, do you go to Starbucks and when you are at Starbucks, what's your order? Or are you sort of a wellness purist in that way? Maybe I don't never go, go to. to Starbucks. I used to, before moving to Boulder. About, I was going to say, that's such a Boulder answer. <laughs> about eight years ago is when I moved to Boulder. And prior to that, I like once a month was doing a Starbucks iced tall soy latte was my order. I'm not a big coffee drinker. So it, Actually, what I think was just their super sugary soy milk that I liked in this latte. Yeah. And after moving here, I, I don't do that. So I yeah. hardly ever have coffee in my repertoire. Awesome. Hey, and especially the sugar. And people sometimes, it's you're right. It's not that they love, love, love coffee. It's like a vehicle for sugar yeah. and milk. Totally. Um, but I do like a matcha. I love matcha. How do you take your matcha and do you have a favorite type of matcha? Yes, I do. I actually love Chroma. They're, okay. Yeah. Cool. So Lisa's a friend and oh, I, I didn't love, know that you knew each other. Yeah. She actually had purely Elizabeth and beaming back in like 2011. That's so cool. What a so small we world. connected then. But I love what she's doing with Chroma and I love her beauty matcha that it's not just matcha, but has collagen and mushrooms yeah. and all those other good things. So love that on my counter to make after this recording. Very cool. And for people that don't know, I'm the medical director for Chroma and they have amazing products. They have their reset. Have you done the five day reset? I have. I also felt amazing from that too. Yeah. It's great. But it has these superfoods. Like you said, it's not just matcha. It's tons of adaptogens and collagens used. The bone broth powder that she has (gasps) perfected, you would never know this was from a powder like that you can mix up in five seconds and you have this nice piping hot. A chicken bone broth is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And they have plant-based broths for people that are plant-based. It's, and the beef broth, it's so good. Really cool. My friend, this has been such a cool conversation. Great to catch up with you. How, how can people, where can people learn more about your all the stuff we talked about. And we'll put the links in the show notes at drwillcole.com. But like, for where can people go to learn more about your work? 
Sure. So we're at purelyelizabeth.com on Instagram. Don't be on Instagram for too long, but we're purely <laughs> underscore Elizabeth. And on my podcast, Live yes. Purely with Elizabeth and Dr. Rob Cole is on an early episode. So you can tune in to that as well. It was so cool. You're an amazing person to talk to. Thanks for, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for having me on your podcast. I just appreciate you immensely. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be on here. And thank you for all the amazing work that you do. Thank you, my friend. Listeners of The Art of Being Well, Purely Elizabeth has so kindly given us all 20% off site-wide, one per customer. All you have to do is use code WILLCOLE at checkout at Purely Elizabeth. Now through the end of the year, you can get 20% off site-wide with code WILLCOLE all one word, at purelyelizabeth.com. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Marcus. I know you see a lot of COVID long hauler patients. Can intermittent fasting help with some of the long COVID symptoms? Great question. You're absolutely right. This is something that obviously since the pandemic and I'm used to seeing inflammatory problems for the past 12 years and COVID has triggered inflammation in many people's bodies, triggered autoimmune problems in some people as well. So definitely it's been the heart of my work for 12 plus years. So because of the pandemic and the way that COVID is manifesting in some people, uh, yes, it's it's something that I've been seeing. And intermittent fasting can be a tool within the toolbox. Is it a magic cure-all for everybody? Absolutely not. There is no such thing. But it absolutely can be a tool within the toolbox that is very effective for people. And science is really reflecting this as well. In a study published out of the British Medical Journal Nutrition Prevention and Health, they found that COVID-19 patients who practiced regular water-only intermittent fasting had lower risk of hospitalization or dying due to the virus than patients who did not intermittent fast. Intermittent fasting, we know, lowers inflammation, so this makes sense, and improves cardiovascular health. And in this specific study out of the BMJ, they found that there were additional benefits when it comes to battling an infection like COVID-19 for, for patients who fasted. As far as the mechanisms are concerned in the study, that will me back up a little bit. They found, they, this is a study that looked at 205 patients who had tested positive for the virus. Of those, 73 said they regularly fasted at least once a month. And researchers found that those who practiced regular fasting had a lower rate of hospitalization again, or death due to the coronavirus. So what the researchers are really looking at is two different things. It's fasting's ability to lower inflammation and this hyperinflammatory response that people are seeing with COVID, both COVID itself, but also long COVID, and also the autophagy benefits, the cellular recycling mechanisms that fasting can in in induce. So it's this tapping into the body's fourth macronutrient, right? It's ketones. And when somebody does intermittent fasting, they are, tend to be able to increase ketones depending on how they're eating when they aren't fasting. But ketones definitely we know is an epigenetic modulator. It really works on a lot of these healing pathways. Uh, so it's just exciting to see in the scientific literature, very exciting to see because I'm just over here in functional medicine land <laughs> working on these things. And I see it clinically. I see labs improve. I see outcomes improve. But to see this trickle over into studies looking at COVID and complications of COVID, it's very cool. So whether somebody has COVID actively or has long haulers, I hope more and more studies come out to look at the mechanisms. But I can definitely say clinically, this is something that I'm seeing really be a tool to consider for people who are looking to recover from COVID and just support overall metabolic health as a whole.
Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.